Welcome back, Bears fans. This Thursday edition of the CHO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. How's it going, everybody? Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano here for our final game. I'm going to put in quotes this week, Nick. Game preview uh, of the season. I think after the Justin Fields news that broke yesterday, I don't know about you, Nick, but my, I guess willingness to actually sit down and try to like preview a game break down all the x's and o's i lost all of it and it was already waning with how this bear season has kind of gone on and quite frankly i think we can have some better and different discussions here today yeah well uh i you know i had watched re- unfortunately rewatched the bears lions game just to again uh, rewatch what had happened because just fields did play that game but as soon as uh you know the news broke that Iberflus announced on Monday that he'd be going down because of the the hip injury, the hip strain. It's like, yeah, this we can look at other things instead of looking at how the Bears can beat the Vikings or if they even want to beat the Vikings because the number one pick uh, is in play. So, yeah, definitely changes the approach for these usual preview shows. But hopefully we're not in this type of mode, I guess, next season in 2023. If it is January 5th, 2024, and we're already like to this point yet again, and we're talking about like a potential first round, like first overall pick. Oh boy. Uh, It's going to be a long year between now and then, but I don't think that will be the case. At least I'm hopeful that won't be the case. And we'll still share like quote keys and some other like bold predictions and X factors and things throughout the entirety of the episode. Uh, But I just kind of wanted to start this show, Nick, with uh, just giving some kudos and some praise for our, Ryan Poles, because I was thinking about this last night and this dude is so smart and he is playing like 4D chess because I remember earlier this last year before the season started and they signed Nathan Peterman and we are all wondering, what the hell are you doing? Why are you signing Nathan Peterman? And at the time we said, hey, that's just because we want to get this defense uh, some confidence boost in practice. But if he had this planned out where like, you know, maybe the first overall pick could be in contention and you can unleash, you know, Nate the Great to kind of seal the deal like it looks like is going to happen here on Sunday because let's be honest, he is awful. He is atrocious and he is not a starting caliber NFL quarterback. I wouldn't even call him a backup caliber quarterback in this league, uh, but does give the Bears the best chance to lose and potentially long term win. Yeah, it's uh, hindsight, you know, seeing how this all plays out in the end here. You're wondering, yeah, initially exactly why Nathan Peterman was brought on. But uh, now, he look, he gets an opportunity in a Week 18 game against a division rival. And, you know, he he spoke to the media yesterday. There was kind of like a a sigh when we didn't when we heard that we weren't going to get Justin Fields, obviously, because he went down. But, you know, he's still obviously somebody who's trying to prove something and said he's extremely confident in running this offense and, you know, hopefully not too confident because of what's at stake um, moving forward for the Bears. But, yeah, it looks like uh, it's in. I've seen people in the chat are loving the title. So kudos to you, Will. Will Nathan Beerman lead the Chicago Bears toward the first overall pick? And, yeah, that's uh, that's hopefully what how it all plays out on, on Sunday. I hope so. I I really, really do. And I'm going to be at the Colts-Texans game Sunday afternoon while you're up in Chicago at the Bears game. So we can be tweeting each other, texting each other, and just getting some real-time reactions of like who's winning, who's losing. I think this is going to be like a a lot of fun. Maybe if both halftimes correlate, we should hop on like a Twitter uh, circle, if those are still a thing, and and talk what's going on, because I'm not going to have any clue, and I can clue you in uh, what's going on down here in Indy. So I'm excited uh, for this Sunday, uh, for that for sure. Exactly, Matthew, let's go. Why did he put Colts, though? We want the Texans to win. We want the Texans to win. Let's remember this. Let's go, Lovey Smith, <laughs> and let's go Texans. There we go, Matthew. <laughs> Got it fixed. I, I know it's weird. It's like it's like a reverse week uh, in, mm-hmm. in many ways uh, for both rooting for the bears and not rooting for the bears all at the same time. But Nick, uh, before we get into like our keys and, you know, quote keys and other things of that nature, I know you and I were kind of just, you know, ribbing off one another before. And I said ribbing, not rubbing uh, before this episode <laughs> kind of, I'm sorry. I just want to make sure like I enunciated correctly uh, before this episode began. And you had a interesting thought about just like the current Justin Fields, I think, discussions that are going on online and just kind of wanted to talk about those and have a discussion here on the show too. 
Yeah, really quickly, obviously, Justin Fields' 2022 season is over. And I think there's been a lot of talk of what this season was for Justin Fields. Obviously, there's a lot of highlight moments, just able what he was able to do, just keeping the Bears single-handedly in games because of his play. But I'm seeing a lot of pushback for anybody that kind of says, well, Justin Fields still needs to work on certain parts of his game. And when you look at the passing attack, that's obviously what I think people are talking about. But, like, I think that is still a valid point, but you also got to consider what he was working with this season. Like, he had fluctuation on the offensive line consistently. The wide receiver room obviously did not do what it needed to do to help elevate Justin Fields' game, the passing attack, because people weren't getting open. People weren't catching the ball at certain moments in games. And yes, that's going to take a toll on the passing attack, but it all goes back to, you know, Fields ultimately because he's a quarterback. But I just want to have an open and honest discussion about this because going into this season, there's no way Justin Fields could have really excelled to be the best possible quarterback he could have been. He wasn't in an ideal situation to begin with. But still, there were moments in games where Fields can take it upon himself to kind of elevate the players around him. And I think that's okay to say. I think people expect that out of Justin Fields because of the player that he's capable of being and who he is ultimately right now. And I think when you kind of say those things, Will, it can irk at people's heartstrings with how they view Fields. And look, we both huge field supporters. We know he's capable of becoming the dude, and he's already taking the steps of doing that. But... I just want to like put that out there. Like it's okay to say that Justin feels he's a work on certain parts of his game. That's all right to say, but I feel like if people hear that, it doesn't, it doesn't hit right. Uh, when, when people are hearing that sometimes. Yeah. And I'm not surprised that that's the reaction that you tend to get when you call out different elements of his game that isn't up to snuff that does need to be worked on. And I bet you if, we were able to sit down with Justin and just have like an open, honest conversation about his rookie season to this year. And then what he needs to do in order to get to year three and take another leap uh, outside of the bears, adding talent around him. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he can pinpoint different elements of his, the game uh, as a passer, reading defenses a little bit quicker, pre and post snap, getting the ball out at the back of his drop. And of course, having an offensive line next year that is better at protecting him will also help. Uh, I, I just think he would, probably second this and just own it as as well, because if he's going into this off season thinking he has it in the bag and he's perfect and he doesn't have to work on his game, then the bears are going to be in a lot of trouble. And I'm not saying it's the approach he's going to take, but it seems like that's the approach. A lot of people would mm-hmm. be taking if they were him because they feel like, you know, like he doesn't have faults and everybody, every human being has their own faults. Uh, and he just has to continue working on just those elements. Like you said, and there's a lot of games that showed a lot of promise too, uh, as a passer, uh, multiple games where he had uh, double uh, touchdowns, like two or three scores thrown mm-hmm. through the air, zero interceptions. He's taking care of the football. And I know a lot of people want to see that yards go up uh, as a passer. I do too. And I'm sure you're in that same boat next season, Nick. And those will have to go up if he doesn't have those same type of like rushing numbers that we saw this season. And when people kind of point like, well, he only had like, you know, two or three games of 200 plus. Like I get it about the same time with how this offense is kind of operating. And he put kind of the team on his back by putting his legs first going forward. He was able to at least have like similar total yards, if not more total yards per game than some other pure passing quarterbacks. And that's what makes him special. Uh, but he does need to improve as a passer. This offense needs to improve as a passing attack next season if they want to take that next step as a unit. And I think it's more than just Justin. It's Getsy growing with Justin, mm-hmm. growing together, and then, of course, getting more talent and then that whole thing having to gel. There's still a lot of pieces that have to kind of get put into place moving forward. No doubt about it. And actually, CJ has, I mean, a perfect comment here. Of course, a second-year quarterback will have things to improve on. Exactly. exactly. He's in his first offense uh, with you know, Luke Getze. So of course there are. And actually speaking of Luke Getze, um, we had, he's just spoke, just got done speaking to the media. And we have a tweet up here, what he said, the evaluation of Justin Fields game against the Detroit lions. And again, he's going through uh, offensive linemen going down, doesn't have his top wide receivers. So let's uh, pull up this tweet real quick. 
and uh, see what Luke Getzey had to say. And for those just listening to the podcast, he said, you know, the first three drives are pretty good drives. After that, I don't think he played very well. And that, I think, is just an honest assessment of what Luke Getzey saw from the controllable elements in the passing attack that Fields had in that game. And, yes, there were so many moments, Will, where, you know, there are rushers coming at Justin Fields as soon as he's coming off a bootleg. Like, what the hell are you supposed to do as a quarter? Like, it's it's failed right at the very beginning. But there's still throws that, yeah, I think because of Fields' talent level, he can make some of these throws. He can make that decision. He can look or read the process the field a little bit faster. And we were kind of talking about that. So, yes, Fields was not in a good situation this year. He didn't have the playmakers. He didn't have the offensive line to really protect him. But still, like, I think it was uh, your boy Boogie in the comments. Put that, <laughs> put, put in there. Both things can be true. And that's what I think people need to understand. And, you know, yep. that's what I kind of wrote my my article that uh, about that came out on LCHGO. Like, it's an incomplete evaluation on Justin Fields because of those other intangibles and what ultimately 2022 uh, the season was for him. But just want to put that out there. It's not, we're not giving up on Justin Fields as the farthest from what this conversation is actually about. Just there are things like you pointed out, Will, there's a bunch of elements that go into the passing attack and Fields is obviously going to be the biggest part of it. And once you start getting all those elements together in sync consistency, then we're going to see this passing attack really elevate and become a, a reason why the Bears can win games as opposed to why um, they can't overcome that hurdle late in games or if guys can't capitalize. Exactly. You need to be able to pass the ball late in games because as we saw later on this season, if teams want to sell out to stop Justin as a rusher, uh, as much as talented as he is, like you can do that. You can stack the box, mm-hmm. have double spies, and it's going to make it very difficult. You do need to be able to like counter that with a productive passing attack. But uh, the one thing I just wanted to like kind of put a bow on this conversation is I want to make sure I express that I personally am more than pleased with what I saw out of Justin Fields this season based off what we saw his rookie year, not understanding of like, or not really knowing what type of, uh, quarterback he's going to be in the system with a new coaching staff and all of those unknowns. And obviously the bears needed to see stuff out of him. I think he showed bears fans, the bears more than enough for them to believe in him as that quarterback of the future. He just, as we said, uh, just needs to keep working at it. And if he does, mm-hmm. like, I think the sky is still the limit, but I love watching him develop, getting more confident week in week out. Like he looks nothing like that shell shot kid that we saw last year. Like he is a, like a man out there on the field. He's taking charge. He's taking command. I love watching how much he's grown as a leader of this football team. Mm -hmm. You see it on the sidelines and you you see it with how he's even uh, talking with us in the media too, after games, like he has really grown as a leader of this football team. Matt Eberflus, I think mentioned that the last game I was up there at soldier field after the game, like, the leadership aspect in many ways is the one area that Justin has grown the most. And I think that should encourage a lot of bears fans to heading into next season. But um, I think he's that dude. He's the guy I would build this franchise around. And I'm sure the bears are going to you know, be chomping at the bit. Ryan Poles getting to work here this off season, especially if that number one pick kind of comes to fruition. Uh, let's go Nathan Peterman. Any final thoughts, Nick, before we move forward? No, let's let's move this discussion on to there is still a game. <laughs> Week yeah. 18, Bears, Vikings. So let's get right on into it, Will. The Bears bros from Chris in there. I love it. And I saw a lot of people just giving shout outs to uh, the Chicago Audible in the chat throughout this entire episode, too. I really appreciate it, guys. Really, really do. It's weird to think, Nick, that the Audible's almost been gone for a year now or a little almost 10 months into the new journey. And it's gone so fast but let's get into this week's i'm going to say offensive again quote keys things we're watching for this week uh, i'll start my first key nick is montgomery's last stand uh, we don't know like is this going to be david montgomery it's like final game uh with the chicago bears uh, i just want to kind of take in uh, unfortunately i won't be able to watch it live but i will be watching it later on that day because i just want to kind of like take in if it is his last day i don't think we need to use this as like a space to debate is David Montgomery coming back? That's what we have the entire offseason for. Uh, but as it stands here today, we do want to, uh, like, I just want to express to Bears fans, like, we don't know what the future holds here. So if you're a big David Montgomery fan like myself, definitely take in the Sunday afternoon to just kind of like, uh, again, like soak in those moments because you just don't know if you'll be back or not. And uh, I overall, they haven't used them as much as we've seen before. 
Uh, I know he has uh, 12.9 attempts per game. That's uh, his lowest of his career. Uh, lowest since his average of 15.1 as a rookie. Uh, he still sits at 7th in the NFL, broken tackles. He's 19th in attempts. He's tied for 11th of the most yards after contact on average, which is something he's always been graded at, too. Uh, and then on top of that, too, he'd still need, Nick, Montgomery needs 70 yards rushing this week to avoid a career low. And I don't think that's, you know, huge or important just because I mentioned like how low those attempts are. But I think for him, he doesn't want to finish 2022 with only a few wins and a career low rushing total of two. So I expect him to run hard, run angry all game long. And unfortunately, that offensive line and the patchwork up front may not help him too much. But still, I expect him to be playing on all cylinders. Yeah, I know David Montgomery's going to bring it, even though in light of everything that's happened this week, it's uh, it's a tough time for all these NFL players going into week 18 and how they're going to approach it. But David Montgomery's a, a true professional, and uh, you know I'm sure we're going to see him running hard on Sunday against the Vikings. My first offensive key to watch for in this game is just Braxton Jones, hopefully a bounce-back game because, well, that was tough. That was a really tough game for the fifth-round draft pick and just how he was really pushed back into the pocket consistently. Uh, we talk about the, the times where Justin Fields didn't have a chance. You could probably look at, at his left tackle being a, a reason why some of those plays weren't able to be executed to their you know full capability. So seeing him have a, a good last game, I think would be a confidence booster going into the off season. I know he's talked about wanting to be, you know, that that foundational piece over there wanted to be a cornerstone, I think is the right word that he used there. And it would be nice just to see from him and for again, a confidence level to have a bounce back game against a divisional opponent. Right. And just to see that, you know, that's not going to wait weigh on him too much and that going into week 18, he could be a better player than he was after week 17 ended. So that'd be uh, something just to watch out for as the game kind of goes on. Absolutely. Uh, ending the season, his rookie year on a positive note could be a good momentum booster heading into the offseason. Uh, my second thing this week is just cut to the chase. Uh, I, obviously, Chase Claypool has been uh, a disappointment so far in Chicago. So I'm just hoping maybe, uh, unfortunately, I know he has Peterman uh, at quarterback, so it doesn't help him really at all here this week. But can he just make like a positive player too to kind of give fans, the coaching staff, heck, Ryan Poles probably needs to get uh, feeling a little bit better about this trade too. Just give us some hope that things can and will be better in 2023. This season, he's played six games as a Bear and he played eight games as a Steeler. And the difference is it's still just staggering to me. So even though it's only two more games in Pittsburgh, he had 20 more catches there, 200 more receiving yards, 12 more first downs gained, uh, and then just for context, when he was in Pittsburgh, he had as many catches in weeks five and six combined 12 as he does his entire time in Chicago. And he also had 30 more yards receiving 146 than he has in Chicago. And just those two weeks alone in, in Pittsburgh and uh, the one touchdown he's had this year wasn't in Chicago, but still like overall a disappointing year for Trace Claypool, especially once he got here to Chicago after the trade. And I'm, I've been patient. I'm still going to be patient. I'm going to let him have a whole offseason here to work things out. But I want to, I'm hoping we can see him have a positive player two to end his season, despite the quarterback that will be under center this week. Yeah. And last week was the first game that he didn't have a catch in a Bears uniform. And, you know, obviously he hasn't had many catches uh, as a Chicago Bear, but hopefully that, that comes to fruition on, on Sunday there. Well, uh, my second key, also uh, kind of focusing in on a wide receiver, is Equinemius St. Brown kind of stepping up. He, If people don't know, he actually got a one-year contract extension through the 2023 season, and that doesn't necessarily guarantee that he is a lock on this roster, but I think when you look at the wide receivers and the lack of actual talent, like he's probably you would hope he's at the bottom end of this and kind of ends out the room instead of his elevated to – probably what been the number two number one at time number three where yep. and that's not where that's not where equanimous st brown should be and that's where ryan poles obviously has to do work but you want to see in this game when nathan peterman is is at quarterback looking to drop back and pass that equanimous st brown can come up with the play and i know there have been times throughout this season where that hasn't happened but he has had you know career highs and touchdown catches and reception and again he, he didn't do much in, with the Green Bay Packers. But you just, again, much like Braxton Jones having that confidence booster, you also want to see that for Equinemius St. Brown. And obviously we know about his blocking, what he's capable of doing in that area of his game. But you also need to see him as 
being a productive pass catcher, or at least in this game, being arguably the guy if it's not Chase Claypool. So that's kind of what I'm looking out for as the Bears offense, whatever it's going to look like, uh, goes on the field. Maybe Equinemius St. Brown can make some plays. I do find it interesting that he got the extension before the season finale. And uh, obviously he's the only one right now. And the Bears have plenty of money to kind of work with here. I want to get to that new league year, but at the same time, just kind of like we used to talk way back in the day with Ryan Pace, when he was kind of rebuilding the bears, that he would give these guys one year proof of deals and then mm-hmm. re-sign them in appreciation if, if they reach that standard. And like you said, Ideally, he's not a wide receiver two next year. He does have wide receiver two targets for the Bears this season. Uh, that is with Mooney going out, though. Uh, and, of course, uh, same thing with Pringle and other people not stepping up. But if he is at four or five next year, great. Uh, then this wide receiver room is in a much better shape than it has been this year. All right. My last thing on offense to watch is just Nathan Peterman. You know, you just do you, Nate. Do some mm-hmm. of those Peterman things. It's Now is not the time to go out there and play out of your mind. He's one of one, one and three as a starter. His only win was against the Colts in 2017 when he was 5 of 10 for 50 yards passing. Just went throw it out there. It's not like he went out there and willed him to victory. His career passer rating, 32.2. He's been sacked on 6.6% of his dropbacks. Justin Fields was sacked 15 times over the last three weeks. I don't want to watch Peterman get, well, he's going to get beaten around, but I feel bad for him going out there this Sunday. He has interceptions on 9.2% of his career attempts. That's literally like one in every 10 passes in his career has been intercepted. And he also averages 49 passing yards per game, three career passing touchdowns to 13 career interceptions. And that is the Peterman that you, that I, and everybody in the chat hope to see you on Sunday. It's going to be the best thing for the Chicago Bears long term. <laughs> I, I like it, Will. Um, my last key to watch out for in this game is just Luke Getz's game plan. Uh, obviously, it doesn't make it easier when you don't have your starting quarterback, your starting guards, uh, some, you know, just offensive linemen in general, your wide receivers. But what's he going to do in terms of like utilizing? I saw in the comments here a Bayless Jones Jr., who that's mm-hmm. a, a good point, Dylan. Like, confidence boosting but just being out there he only had five offensive snaps and for a guy that's still a third round draft pick who needs to get more of this game experience that Matt Eberflus really values how does Luke get to utilize a guy like that when you are down a bunch of guys on offense so just seeing if he can get you know Nathan Peterman somewhat looking proficient on the first opening drive I think that's actually you know kudos to to luke gets what he's able to do with the personnel that he has but we just need to see more out of him and that game plan of utilizing the guys that they do got and one specifically is valus jones jr so i'm glad that dylan appreciate the super chat too uh for bringing him up and what the bears can find value in this week 18 game man i feel like with peter at quarterback and all the injuries on offense going up against the vikings is it like a varsity team going up against a freshman team, uh, a middle school team, a Pop Warner team. I don't know. It's hard to really correlate, but it's definitely a mismatch. So let's switch over to defense real quick. First thing I'm watching, it's just I'm hoping for a strong finish from Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon. Uh, we've watched them really grow uh, before our eyes this season. And I think if they can have you know, a relatively good game against a Vikings offense that ripped the secondary to shreds all the way back in week five. I, I think that would be a good way for them to kind of end their rookie seasons uh, on a positive note, heading into the off season, just looking uh, at some of the stats since they've came back, you know, Brisker has the third most run stops of all safeties, 15th in completion percentage, only 54.5% when targeted. And Kyler's two picks since then is tied for the most of all cornerbacks. So, again, Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, this entire Vikings offense really had their way against this Bears defense. Uh, like I said, week five, which feels like an eternity to go, by the way. Mm-hmm. It feels like an entire lifetime ago. But still, like uh, having them out there, if they could just make an impact player too, don't jeopardize the Bears' chances of, you know, giving this game up. Don't don't keep it too close, but also show some promise. So that's what I'm looking for out of those two young, promising rookies that we've seen all year long, which is uh, keep ending it uh, on the same way we've seen, which is a pretty solid play. Before I get to Mikey, I just want to address Doug's comment right here. So Jenkins and Schofield are officially out for Sunday. Yep. Both on IR. Is Getsy going to put on the pads and play guard? Well, it was funny. There was one, it was, I think it was two two weeks ago, Ryan Poles was actually in the locker room and he had a helmet and the Bears are going through some of their offensive line injuries and some of the media were looking at each other. 
it it pulls like <laughs> gonna suit up he had the helmet it's like hey former offensive lineman they might need you at some point ryan pulls so um hey make sure you have the the helmet right next to you uh, right next to the suit that he's probably gonna wear on on sunday and you might have to end up playing but uh real quickly you mentioned kyler gordon jaquan brisker in your first key i'm just gonna specifically mention uh for my first key is jaquan brisker and specifically his tackling uh, i think just the past couple of weeks, it's been a little inconsistent. And I think it's because some of the angles he's been taking uh, at his safety position. A lot of the times he's that alley player. And I just think there's been at times where he's been a little hesitant. And this is a guy that plays ultra aggressive, downhill guy is going to deliver some hits. So just want to see in this last game, you have some definitely some capable playmakers on the Viking side of the ball, that offense, just seeing those form tackles being there instead of being a hesitant player, go up, make the initial hit, and be the guy that's the enforcer. Because we all know that's what Jaquan Brisker is, can be. So definitely want to see that come up, you know, just on Sunday consistently throughout a game. Not maybe just in the first quarter where it's almost like an even playing field initially, but as it gets on, like that's what the hits philosophy is supposed to be about, right? The hits principle. Um, You're going to outlast your opponent because you're more conditioned. Let's see that kind of play out in this one, even if the score is one-sided one way over the other. There we go. Uh, over for me, number two is don't get cooked or do. I really don't care. Uh, he hasn't hit the century mark since week 10 versus the Bills. He's averaging around 16, 17 carries per game uh, since that game. Uh, and again, that was week 10. Uh, he averages uh, his career 72 yards per game against the Bears. He had 94 back in week five. And the reason why I'm hopeful that the Bears don't give up a ton of yards on the ground is just because of how close they are from just being like, historically historically bad like again if they allow just 50 yards on the ground this week that is the most ever in a season in franchise history uh, i will say with the extra game now at the end of these years uh, i guess i'll not that i'll accept it but it's not like it happened in 16 games uh they are 240 yards away though from running the second most since 1984 and that is the third most all time and they've already given up 29 rushing touchdowns that's the most in franchise history and if they give up three touchdowns on the ground this week, they would have sole possession of second most in the NFL all time. And if they just allow two of those touchdowns on the ground instead of three, they'll be tied for second all time. Not just in Bears history, but NFL history. It's just, it's really perspective setting of how bad this run defense is. We talk about it all year. You can't trust them. And just looking at how close they are, just being like one of the worst run defense of all time in league history, it's remarkable that it's actually that bad and we've had to witness it all season long yeah that's uh that's not good let's let's if anything happens let's not have that record uh go on this bears 2022 <laughs> season uh going to my second key and going to the other rookie in the secondary we're going to specifically highlight kyler gordon here because i'm curious will where he's actually going to play in this game because josh blackwell was also another guy that went on ir yesterday and when you're looking at the Bears and the lack of corners I actually have on this roster, you don't have Kendall Vildor, you don't have Jalen Johnson, you don't have Josh Blackwell. So I wonder if we see Kyler Gordon in the slot and Jalen Jones outside. Like maybe they're, I don't know. We're, we're just going to have to wait and see how this all plays out. But this could be a game where we've seen a lot of Kyler Gordon in the last two games specifically on the outside. Hey, why not put him back at nickel at times? Like you can, I think, if you're Alan Williams, what do you have to lose at this point? You've already given up as many yards as you possibly could this season, and you know that they have some capable playmakers. But for Kyler Gordon, just getting him reps everywhere, and he's been getting that throughout his rookie season. It has benefited him, I think, in just in terms of being an all-around corner. So just seeing how versatile you can use him on. Like I don't remember the last time I've seen him on like a nickel blitz because he's been on the outside. So maybe you can switch it up a couple times, see what he's capable of doing there. But just Kyler Gordon's overall versatility is what I'm going to be watching out for. All right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you can have him in either position. And as of right now, we have no idea. So I think that's a really good one to kind of pay attention to how they use him in that final game of the year. My last thing to watch on defense is have some of these players like play like their job depends on it. Uh, because in some ways, it does. Uh, but also, I don't know if a good game is going to really save anybody uh, just with how bad this defense has been. I'm talking defensive line. I'm talking some of these linebackers. Uh, but for them personally, if they have a good game, get some good tape out there for themselves entering a free agency market, uh, I think that would be good for them. But 
hopefully we see some good effort on defense. Uh, but at the same time, if we're hoping for a Bears loss and that first overall pick, then if they don't, I'm not going to be that upset. That's on them. But that's just the last thing. It's really difficult. Uh, it's a weird balance, Nick, to find things to watch for, but also kind of at this rate, what do we have to lose? And that's potentially the first overall pick. So we have to keep <laughs> that in mind. So uh, that's where I'm at for defense right now overall. Uh, last game of the year, and ugh, I'm ready not to see this group out there again. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough. Well, and for the last, you know, key of the year, this is what I've been hammering home for a while. And then I, then I went away from it. It's going back to pressure and it's going back to uh, <laughs> no. Travis Gibson. Yeah, I know Dominic Robinson. Can you show up, show us something in this final game? Uh, it, it was, you know, it's been a tough year for both those guys. And it, it would be nice to see something in terms of pass rush in this final game. Travis Gibson ended up getting a sack last week. That probably should have gone to Dominic Robinson. But, hey, you can both you both have one last opportunity in week 18 to each get a sack or m- more than that. But it would just be nice to see something on that that defensive front because, well, we what in the last after dark show we we were talking about can you theoretically replace all these guys because they haven't really mm-hmm. shown much, and it may sound like a crazy question, but it might be one of the things that Ryan Poles has to consider because of how important that group the trenches are on both sides are for any football team. But it would be nice to see something out of them, like you said, it's probably not gonna ultimately save jobs but i think dominique robinson being a rookie is pretty safe travis gibson still on his rookie contract so he's potentially good to be here next season but let's see some life let's see some pass rush out of this uh you know bears front and specifically those two guys and not too much though again not too much (laughs) but not too much What a weird week. Uh, I love it, though. I, I really, really do. But you're right. Like, you could, and I, I can go up and pull up the After Dark notes and find out, like, how those exact cap numbers are again. But I think Gibson, like, the dead money, if you end up cutting him, was only, like, $80,000. And mm-hmm. it's like, at that rate, why not keep him around? Because we've seen the potential, uh, and hopefully he can just rediscover that next season. But you have to add more talent on top of him and have him – beat out because you don't want him to be that quote starter entry next season. All righty. Let's get to our bears bowl predictions brought to you by green Ridge farm. Nick, my final bold prediction of the year should not be a bold prediction, but it is a bold prediction. And that's the Bears score two touchdowns with Nathan Peterman at quarterback. I feel like that's very bold. Uh, No doubt about it. And it's funny. Your bold prediction revolves around the bears scoring touchdowns. That, because that's exactly where I'm going with my bolt prediction. <laughs> uh, for my bolt, last bolt prediction of the season, Nathan Peterman leads the Bears on an opening drive touchdown to obviously begin the game. First possession goes and scores. The Bears are actually, they have 12 opening score drives. That's the most in the NFL. Wow. So eight of them have resulted in field goals, four uh, with touchdowns, and the last one being the, the Cole Komet touchdown against the Detroit Lions. So, the Bears know how to run those scripted plays. Don't tell me they don't because they score more than any NFL team in the league right now. So my bold prediction doesn't change with Nate the Great going, you know, being the quarterback there, leading them down for, for a touchdown to start the game. That'd be 13 out of 17 games that you score on the opening drive. That's not bad. Now we need to see that be more consistent throughout games, but you know, credit Luke Getze and the offense for executing, but you can surely script them up. All right, Nick, before we get into some of the other messages, I and everybody listening, they want to get the last call from meet six of the season. Let's go. Let's do it. Uh, of course, this uh, this segment here was sponsored by Green Ridge Farm. It's Chicago local meat and cheese company that offers a better all-natural option. Green Ridge Farm are the makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and... They're famous meat sticks, perfect for tailgating, happy hour, and school lunches. Also have 16 grams of protein, perfect for post-workout snacks, and you can find them at Costco, Sam's Club, your local Chicagoland grocery store. And right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using code CHGO at checkout. 
All right. The next message I want to share is from our partners over at Game Time. They are the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat that you thought you never could, the 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert, it's all possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. If you want to go root on the Tankathon at Soldier Field, heck, you can come hang out with me in Indianapolis to root on the Texans. You won't find a better deal at either game than you will over at Game Time. They were created by the fans for the fans. They guarantee the lowest price. I've already been looking at them for some tickets uh, for myself on Sunday, and my God, they have some amazing deals of course and of course those teams are really helping us out there too so if you love CHGO then you're going to love game time the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description that's both here on YouTube and on the podcast player of choice so join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events and I have to tell everybody about ComEd the ComEd energy efficiency program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future comed offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial industrial and public sector customers of all sizes across our territory and customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money saving efficient led lights learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device that's pretty cool always a nice little upgrade there and track your facilities energy usage and more incentives have recently increased for indoor outdoor lighting and network lighting controls making these projects even more cost efficient than before so all you got to do and here we go this is important you got to visit comed.com slash powering biz now to start saving money and energy to start a project contact us at 1-855-433-2700 for more information email business at comed.com will you don't know about the tuesday shows that's what we gotta do it's business okay. at comed.com it's uh actually it's not too hard for me to go up that high with my voice because sometimes it'll fluctuate but you just gotta just gotta really get up there was it Kirk Cousins with like that voice crack uh, hard account? Dude, he always does that. <laughs> I was showing Stephanie, uh, my girlfriend, like, look at just listen to his cadence, just whoosh, goes from level <laughs> zero to 100 real quick with that cadence. <laughs> no, anyway, uh, real quickly, I saw a comment from Matthew Gregory. He wants to know, Nick, do you recommend Meat Sticks after using the Stairmaster? Yeah, absolutely. I was on the Stairmaster earlier today. I actually just ran out of my Green Ridge Farm sausages, also 10 grams of protein, but absolutely. I wouldn't say eat the meat stick while you're doing the Stairmaster, but definitely afterwards, do it. Like immediately afterwards, or is there like a cool off period first before you devour the meat stick? Here, So after you get off the Stairmaster, you go get your stuff in the locker room. I don't know if you're going to shower or not afterwards. If you don't, after you get out of the locker room, get to your car, you just open up the meat sticks. Have it on the way to go, going back to your apartment, home, wherever. That's like the perfect like post-workout snack, though. You got to eat it immediately, too. You got to get that protein in. Can't let it wait. So, yep, just just right after, just not immediately on the, on the Stairmaster. Good advice there. I know uh, I see in the comments from uh, Doggy Yellow. Uh, best way I'm going to pronounce that. Sorry if I butchered it, but... Uh, they're just curious on how many Bears fans will actually be at the Texans game. And again, it's right down the road, I-65. Mm-hmm. Indiana's pretty split anyway between Colts and Bears. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, so I'm excited to see if I can find a lot of fellow Bears fans too on Sunday. I don't think I'll be the only one at all. And like I said, we'll be cheering on those Texans. All right, let's get to the X Factor of the week. Nick, I'm going to go to you first. What is your... Yeah, real... <laughs> oh, hit me up. Yeah, real quickly, Um, as I was reading my ad read, I think I put like the the microphone, whatever. So it got all, all the words I said are now in a tweet. And so that whole comment read is like a tweet. It's about the, how many characters over now. is it? Yeah, this is about 1,041 characters over, which is actually a pretty good <laughs> I don't more, think but I maybe one down, day was, they'll allow it. Yeah, I was like looking down, like, what? I was about to tweet out the show and, <laughs> and I can't do that. Uh, but no, my, my X factor for this week 18 matchup really is just the Vikings in general. Because the Vikings, if we're actually talking about the Bears, the potential of winning this game, it's it's very low. But the Vikings can make that 
realistically not happen if they just play the game plan that should work against the Bears. Like you, you should be able to run the ball, should be able to pass all over with Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is not going to have the game that he had against Jair Alexander last week that he that he's going to have uh, in week 18 against the Bears defense. There's no way. But really, this game can be done and over with by the first half, by the first, you know, maybe going into the second quarter. So depending on which Vikings team shows up, because we've seen them go down 30 to the Indianapolis Colts, who you're going to go watch on, on Sunday, Will, and then have to come back from behind in overtime win. So the Vikings, and again, they've been really inconsistent this last stretch, but depending on how they play uh, can determine like how how much of a game this really is. So we'll see what ends up happening, but that's my X factor. All right. I think the biggest X factor though, Nick, of the entire week, I have Lovey Smith. Coach Lovey <laughs> is my X factor because how he has his team approaching this final game of the season, uh, I think will really matter for the Bears chances of that first overall pick. If uh, I forgot who tweeted it, but I saw it and I was thinking about it too. Like if he thinks he's gone after this year, like he may as well, you know, give a whole screw you and try to go and get this win, you know, for him, who cares uh, about the Texans, you know, after you're gone uh, at that rate, being a one and done kind of guy. So for me, like I'm hoping for this bears, former coach, the coach of my childhood going out there and helping the bears. And today is Virginia McCaskey's 100th birthday. Uh, so happy birthday, Virginia. I think the best birthday gift that Lovey Smith could give Virginia, someone that was integral of him getting his first head coaching gig all the way back in 2004 here in Chicago, that kind of got him, you know, to where he is today and really just most of his NFL head coaching career being here would be a great way to give back to her. The Bears have not had a first overall pick since I believe she was 24, if my math is correct. And she turns wow. 100 today. So it's been a very long time for the Bears, a long time for her seeing that here. And I think it'd be a great gift. So let's go, Lovey Smith. Love it, Will. And again, happy birthday <laughs> Love to it. Virginia McCaskey. All right. <laughs> do we have to do the who has the edges this week? I mean, I feel <sighs> like we have to because we're doing all the other things. But like, ooh, Vikings, Vikings for me. Okay, well, 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 hold on. We'll make it official. So you have Bears pass attack, led by Nate Great Peterman, and that Vikings pass defense. So you're not you're not even gonna entertain the thought that the Bears have the edge here. No, I'm not. Well, and again, <laughs> looking at the offensive line, uh, again the quarterback and what you know Nathan Peterman even has to work with, it's not ideal. And yes, the Vikings defense has not been good, but I'm still gonna give the edge to the Vikings in this one. Uh, I saw Juan in the chat ask, why would Levy give a gift like that first overall pick after they fired him? I get it, but that was like almost a decade ago. I'm sure he can't mm -hmm. be that butthurt. And he was here for, what, eight, nine years? Like, how many coaching stints in the league last that long? Yeah. Not that many. So, and everyone at some time, you have to just move on. So, like, I, I feel like after this time passed, he wouldn't be too opposed to doing that. But I understand where that question came from. Uh, I have the Bears rushing attack versus that Vikings run defense. Nick, I'm giving it to the Bears. Why not here? It's, it's all they're going to have here this week. I know it. Uh, but Montgomery, as I mentioned, running strong, potentially his last game in Chicago as a Bear. The Vikings, over the last few weeks, they've given up 153.3 yards per game on the ground. So you can run uh, on this defense, although... Uh, I think they can sell out the stop the run with Peterman <clears throat> under center. So we'll see how that impacts it. But theoretically, I'm going to give the Bears the edge here on this one. All right, right back to you, Nick. What about Vikings rushing attack versus this historically awful Bears run defense? <laughs> I like how you put the historically awful run defense. <laughs> and that's all you need to really tell me, Will. And I'm sure our listeners also agree. But I'm going with the Vikings here. And I, there was a uh, good comment here about Justin Jefferson is less than 200 yards away from the single season record for receiving yards. Shoot, if they want to even go go crazy and try to get that, which which you know obviously a team's not going to try to do that, but you're not going to have as much of the rushing attack. Still, I am taking the Vikings uh, in in their rushing ability against this Bears run defense that hasn't really stopped anybody, and like you mentioned, has been historically awful. Yeah, no, they, they can't stop a thing. The last edge of the year is the Vikings passing attack versus that Bears pass defense. 
And it's going to Minnesota. They have the second most pass yards per game over this last month at 313. Uh, the last time they played the Bears, they threw it 41 times. Cousins hit 32 of those for 296 and only a touchdown. Uh, Jefferson, 12 catches on 13 targets and 154 yards. And that was with Roquan Smith on the field, Robert Quinn on the field, Eddie Jackson on the field, Jalen Johnson on the oh, field. And, and we don't have that. And we don't even have what you said. Who's out this week? Is uh Blackwell? Josh Blackwell. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Nope. This one easily goes to the Vikings. And just like that, Nick, we have finished our final. Who has the edges of the season? I think it's like our fourth year, third year doing this segment. And it's crazy that we're already done for this season on it. Done for the season. And, you know, it's uh, it feels about right, given how the season's <laughs> gone, and especially with this game, too. But, yeah, it's um, there have been some games where we've had the Bears winning in all edges, and I think they've been close games, and obviously the Bears haven't won, but it's always a, a good segment to just look at both sides and see how each team fares against each other. <laughs> I saw this comment from Dan. Good thing Lovey watches CHGO, so he knows uh, what Will wants him to do. Hey, if Lovey watches this, it'd be great. I've I met him a few times growing up. Maybe he'll remember me. Maybe not. Probably not. Uh, but I just remember asking him, hey, coach. I was like, 12. How many wins are we going to get this year? And as calm and as Lovey fashion, he just looks over at me. He's like, 16 and 0. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and that was actually the year they did go to the Super Bowl that, that okay. season. So, hey, I mean, he wasn't too far off there. Uh, but I, I love that was always lovey, right? We're 16 and 0, and then if we lose one, like we're 15 and 1, and always a fun mindset, such a loveyisms. Um, anywho, uh, I want to share a message to our listeners from our great friends over at DraftKings, the fans, the tradition, the glory. There's something more thrilling than college football. It's bowl <laughs> season, and the action is far from over. My go-to for betting is DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Obviously, all lies are on Monday night's national championship game, TCU, Georgia. I am working on an article of over 10 different players that you should be watching in this game. Just wanted to throw that out. And right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame money line bet on a college football team to win, and you get $150 in free bets if they do. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings same game parlays. Of course, I love the DraftKings app. I think it's super easy to use. I, and I love those same game parlays and the, my ability to kind of tweak them to exactly how I feel that way. I'm feeling the most confident when I am placing my bets. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code CHGO. New customers place a $5 pregame money line bet on a college football team to win and get $150 if your team does. That's code CHGO only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I have to tell everybody, Will, about FOCO in Chicago. You've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams, so get fitted on the best sports gear around. FOCO's got you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles, FOCO. Looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life? FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. So check out foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items use the promo code chgo for 10 percent off all right nick i was looking at over-unders again they don't like the bears <clears throat> or maybe they just don't like nathan peterman but probably it's that. just crazy though the line how much it's actually changed since this week started because it was like the bears were uh, only dogs by one point and now it's all the way up to <coughs> seven and a half wow I think that's still yeah, close. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, yeah, it's not um, when Justin Fields isn't playing, then the Bears are screwed, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, when you look at that and how we were talking about how he single-handedly kept the Bears in games, and last week was in a game when he did play. Take him out of the equation. No bueno. No bueno at all. I'm actually scrolling through our chat as fast as I can. I thought I saw some people throw down some over-unders. Uh, what about Viking sack total this week? This one came from Dylan T over under seven. Uh, last week, just fields was sacked. What? Seven times. Is that right? Uh -huh. or, or, uh -huh. I was up there. Put, put that over. Uh, we'll go eight. There you go. I, I like that one too. What about over under? I'll be kind 2.5 interceptions for Peterman. 2.5. Is he going to picked off three times by the secondary? No, he's going to get picked off at least twice. So that would be under. So under, yeah. But 
if it was okay i was gonna say you said at least twice so if it was more than two then you could technically still say over that'd be three or more true you're true so, uh, so two so phrasing so two all right that sounds good i don't have anything else. what about david montgomery 75 yards rushing no <laughs> under <laughs> under david montgomery 0. 0.5 touchdowns yeah, that opening drive man that mm-hmm. opening drive i'm going over he's getting the touchdown uh, on the one drive that uh the bears can put up points on consistently this season justin jefferson 124.5 receiving there's nobody out there there's nobody out there stuff it will uh we'll go over all right i I can't make up any more on the spot here. What about you? Do you have any on the top of your head you can just rattle off? Uh, Dalvin Cook over one and a half touchdowns. Okay. That's a lot. I love I love seeing, so we have uh, Rich Kidd in the chat saying, uh, you know, the, the kid's doing this podcast. That's, that's us. I, I have never, ever seen the Bears good. I've seen them good, uh, but I haven't They're seen good. them great. I haven't seen like the 80 stuff, but I mean, I turned 30, but I still appreciate being labeled as a kid. I really, I will, I won't complain about that. We haven't seen him be good consistently. There have that's, been that's good individual seasons that immediately evaporate after that season, but we have seen him good. <laughs> Daniel always gives me the crap every week. Who would have guessed that the Bears would have two more losses than Will predicted wins? Yeah, okay, we're <laughs> over it. <laughs> we're, we're over it. I'm not going to talk myself into like wins next year, though. I, I will. Uh, spoiler <laughs> alert, full disclaimer, by the time we get to July, uh, I'll be feeling really, really good. And then I saw Devin in the chat a few minutes ago that we should all go to the Colts game and wear Bears jerseys. Yes, I'm going to be there. I'm going to wear my Bears starter jacket. Come find me. I don't know where I'm sitting nice. yet, though, but come find me. All right, Nick, who's going to be the MVB for the last game of the year? Who did I put down there? Oh, yeah. I put Trenton Gill as my most valuable All bear right. in this game. <laughs> I don't know if he's ever been our most valuable bear and even in contention to be the most valuable bear, but I think Trenton Gill's about to get a lot of work in this you know, Week 18 matchup. Um, so I'm going with Trenton Gill as the Week 18 most valuable bear. What makes him valuable, though? Is it just because he has a lot of punt yards, or is he pinning them deep consistently? What what makes it valuable? You know, I think it's just uh, the consistency he's going to have there, big, strong leg, even despite being outdoors at Soldier Field. And, you know, I think he's going to have one of those where he pins them inside the 10, but that would mean the Bears would actually have to move the ball a little bit. Um, or, you know, maybe it's a favorable role, but it's going to be a little combination of everything, Will, but... When it's all said and done, uh, Trent goes and be like, man, thank goodness the off season's here because uh, I got I got worked in today. So that, <laughs> I think it's going to be uh, him getting the MVP. There you go. He'll uh, get to put his feet up uh, for the off season. Go there find a go. beach. Is he even old enough to drink? Yeah, he is. But he, he looks like he's 16. Yeah, he, he looks very, very young. <laughs> Talk about kid. There, there we go. <laughs> uh, I'm going with Jaquan Brisker. Uh, I just, I think he's just going to be really busy as he has been. They're going to be passing the ball a ton uh, against this Bears defense, and of course, we all know what Jaquan can bring from run support, and we all know what the front seven hasn't been able to do, and has provide much resistance against the run. So I think Jaquan Brisker is just going to rack up the stats, a bunch of tackles. He needs to adhere to something that you talked about earlier with improving of those tackles, getting some better angles, and at the end of the day, uh, of rookie getting that top MVB the last one of the year. Hey, oh, that's a good way to just kind of end the season on a high note. But uh, Jaquan Brisker, because who else? <laughs> that's where I'm at. Honestly, I like Brandon's, uh, though. Valus will have seven kickoff returns, so he may be MVB. Ooh. I like that. Yeah, he only got one opportunity in that Lions game, if I'm not mistaken, because all the other ones were kicked out of bounds, and he took it, what, 63 yards back? So I like that a lot, Brandon, for for possible MVP in field position. Bayless Jones Jr. I think every time if he gets an opportunity, I hope he has a green light to just take it out because why not? Breezy's comment: Simba Webster catching a touchdown pass from Nathan Peterman is the most Bears way to end the year. God, that'd be something. That'd be something. I wonder what the the bet prop would be on that. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I don't. We don't have them right now, so I, there isn't okay. one. I forgot. I just looked. Do you think Duke Shelley gets to pick? <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, let's let's do it. Why not? Come back to Soldier Field, get a pick. 
<laughs> oh man. Luckily the the good news for the Bears is that they have had multiple young defenders in the secondary step up this year. So as much as it sucks to watch someone that you drafted, and it wasn't Poles who drafted him, but a Bears draft pick get cut, go to a division rival and play better than you've ever seen them play here. It hurts, but at least for the Bears, they do have other promising guys that are young in the secondary. So it lessens the sting a bit, but it still just shocks me a bit to kind of see it. Even though it shouldn't, it does. All right, Nick, I'm going to ask you a question, and I expect I know the answer, uh, but who wins? Who wins? Well, well, the Vikings win this game, and I don't care if they would have rested their starters, whatever the scenario would have been, but... Uh, the Vikings definitely win this game, and I'm I'm I would think most Bears fans hope that the Vikings win this game with all, everything that's at stake for for the franchise after the conclusion of this one. But I have the the Vikings only winning twenty eight to seven, and that's how it could easily be more than that because we saw what the Lions were able to do to them. But if they get behind early, which they probably will, after the opening drive then that will ultimately seal their fate. But Vikings 28, Bears 7. All right. I have Vikings 34, Bears 10. And even though I have a score like that, uh, I thought I had earlier this episode, and I made sure I dotted my notes to ask you. So say like the Vikings are up by like three, four scores at half. Mm -hmm. Do they pull their starters? And that maybe helps close the gap a a little bit. But what do you think they would do in that situation? Yeah, I think if the, the Vikings feel comfortable with how they played, executed their game plan on both sides it's like then you're you're getting into murky territory whether how long these guys should play but yeah if that's there's a scenario where the vikings did what they needed to do they're not they're not going to lose this game they're easily going to win it i i would think they pull their starters going into the playoffs uh, make sure nobody that you don't want to get injured stays healthy for the remainder of that game all right where's your confidence meter at for the final time this year i'm at a two for the game, but that actually puts me at an eight for the result that I'm hoping for and getting the bears in contention for that first overall pick at the end of the day. Yeah. And as you can see from the graphic here, I'm at a one, (laughs) like there's (laughs) no way that the, uh, the bears are winning this game and maybe it's close in that first quarter, the beginning of the game, like, Oh, the bears scored their touchdown and the the Vikings, let's say even punter or whatever. You're like, Oh, Oh, it will all even out in the end. I promise you that. So uh, if it doesn't, then, I, man, I don't know how that's going to go over on the Twitterverse with Bears fans and what's at like is, Again, what's at stake? But, yeah, I got a, got a one for my confidence that the, the Bears will win this game or that the Vikings are just going to ultimately come out with a W. All right. Well, that's uh, sure enough. Let's get to some of the starred comments that we have and throw them up on the screen. What do we have first? I see 12, which is tremendous. Thanks, everybody. Let's see. Matthew Gregory. uh, Love Matthew. Can we have a virtual happy hour if the Bears get the number one pick? I I think we have to. Like, We need to have some sort of powwow session to kind of celebrate that. And I hate to say it, but when you get to a year like it has been and we're just at the final week, like that's the thing to kind of hope for now. Like a month and a half ago, fine. Like we can we can work towards finding some wins and all that good stuff. But no, this is what we're hoping for. So I think that would be something worth celebrating. Good question. Uh, hopefully we can make that happen. But I love where your head's at. And that's for our diehards, by the way. So go to mm-hmm. all diehard. Nick and I did the last virtual happy hour uh, with a bunch of Bears fans, fans of the show. And I think it was supposed to run an hour and we went for two because uh, it was just that much fun. And it felt like five minutes. It was a really good time. It was a really good time getting to meet everybody. Yeah, so that will definitely be the probably the topic of discussion. The Bears get the number one pick if we do get that happy hour going. All right. Next question comes from Breezy. Uh, wants to know from me how fatherhood has been. Uh, I mentioned that their little girl turns one on the 10th of this month. Wow. Happy early Happy birthday. Just early five birthday. days away. Happy first birthday. And it's you're right. It's definitely crazy. Mine is almost 14 months now. And he is just running around the entire house, yelling all these new words that he's starting to figure out, like mama and dad, And the new one, the last two days has been ball and that. Mm-hmm. So you'll point at things and go that, and then you just tell them what that is. But no, it's been a lot of fun, really rewarding. And even earlier today, I was watching him like kick a ball around and he uses his left foot to kick, but then he uses his right hand to throw. And that's Lamar Jackson, just saying, because he's (laughs) left-footed, right-handed. I think I learned that like a week or two ago, but yeah, no, fatherhood's been great. And I hope it's uh, the same rewarding experience for you than it has been for me. Thanks for the question. 
It's awesome. Brandon H wants to know if he had one dominant pass rusher, if it would help lift the whole line. I think yes, but it's not going to lift it enough. It's like the shortest, simplest way I think I can answer that. Yeah, it's like, and they're obviously offenses can take away one guy or do their best to put an extra blocker on that side, chip a guy with the tight end, and then you're the other three or however many that you're bringing into rush need to still do their jobs if they're incapable of doing that like the Bears off defensive line has been then you're you're not at the exact same situation because you're allocating more resources to stop that one dude but ultimately you want to get several guys and dominant guys would be the best way of uh, adding and having a, a productive defensive line there we go Dylan asked how long before my baby starts yelling fields. Oh, we're going to get to that by next season without, <laughs> without a doubt. Great, great point. I have to start working on that. Good question too, Brandon. Appreciate it. Swanky 32. Hey, Bears fan. Should we at least entertain taking a quarterback in one or two and then trade Justin for picks? Uh, didn't they do this yesterday? Remember polls didn't draft Justin and Justin gets dinked up a lot by being a runner. And again, I'm reading Swanky's comment. Those are not my words. I just want to make sure that I'm clear there. Uh, can we at least entertain? Well, it's going to be a long off season. We do five shows a week. So sure. <laughs> but this in reality, if there's anything I actually want to see happen, hell no, well, will be in my response in the most respectful way possible. I understand like thought exercises. It's just, mm -hmm. ah, man, I feel like with the bears, you can do so much more and it would depend on how they value those quarterbacks. But I personally would have Justin over any of the guys coming out this year. And the thing is, too, like you're starting over. You're exactly. starting Again. over. You're starting over, and you use the top resource that you could possibly get on a position for a guy that has shown you so much. Like, I again, it's it's not for me. Uh, I don't think they do entertain that idea. Um, but like you said, there's a lot of time between now and the draft. We're gonna have a bunch of show, shows daily, and if that discussion comes up. Just know it's for, you know, entertainment and entertainment purposes only. Right. Yes. We'll have to put a huge like warning disclaimer. sign on the screen. Mm -hmm. We'll have to put like a little scrolling ticker on the bottom that says it on repeat in the case someone joins late. Yes. We don't yeah. want any misinterpretations uh, for yeah, But that would be an entertainment purpose only conversation. Thank you, Josh, too. Uh, his comment saying that we are both gentlemen and scholars. Uh, Nick, you want to read this one from Ryan? Yeah, Ryan thinks someone could call in one more favor to Lovey Smith in Houston to pull off a win to finish the season. Uh, I would hope so. Like, that's exactly what every Bears fan is hoping for. I'm sure Virginia McCaskey is, you know, that birthday wish. I know exactly what it went to right there. Do you think she blew out all 100 candles this morning? That'd be tough for anybody. Wouldn't it? <laughs> yes, be... it would be. But what <laughs> a milestone tough. that is. A hundred years old. That is like, that's tremendous. Mm -hmm. Like you don't see that often at all. And it, I think that's just a crazy milestone. And uh, you know, kudos to her because sometimes yeah. for me at the age of 30, moving through my day to day, I get worn out with the baby. I couldn't imagine, uh, you know, finding that the gumption and the energy uh, at that age. So just again, very, very happy birthday to Virginia. Good question there, Ryan. Mm -hmm. Do, do, do. I, think, I think I know it's good. I know Bragg's Bragg's. Hello, Greg. Uh, should the Bears rest Nathan Pyramids to secure the tank, or am I being dramatic? Um, I don't think you're gonna need I don't think they're gonna need to, honestly, <laughs> to to get their end of what they need to do done. Um, so but who would be the backup quarter? Would that be would it be David? Well, well, I guess that. they do have Tim Boyle, right? They have Tim Boyle. Mm -hmm. um, so. You got so like disappointed by that. You're like, oh, it's David. And then I go, oh, wait, oh, Tim wait, Boyle. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> Montgomery would be the emergency uh, in this case. Like he is every week when they have two quarterbacks active. And I did see a mm -hmm. question 30 minutes ago asking, can you actually like activate fields if he's a healthy scratch, if you need him because a quarterback goes down so you can dress him as a backup? No, you just have to roll with who you have active on game day, and that won't be Justin. So you're looking at your third quarterback on Sunday uh, being David Montgomery. Again, another way he brings value each and every week, uh, being someone that you can rely on in a pinch uh, if needed. And you want to then, see David Montgomery just drop back and just 
you need a brags you need a leaf blower to blow out 100 candles <laughs> fair point i'm like i can go grab mine from the garage right now and we'll we'll, we'll put to test the test out. there we go uh but i think that does it i did see um a super chat from chris that starred i don't know if i made it to our screen but it was for uh got to he had to go uh this was earlier but uh to stay up bears bros best part of cgo i appreciate it and i really appreciate the super chat all right, Nick, it's been real previewing games with you this year. And unfortunately, the last month, month and a half, I think it got a little bit more difficult than either of us would like. And not like repetitive because we come up with like different content each week. But like it's hard to find ways to win when the team's been so bad. And so my New Year's resolution that I'm hoping comes out to fruition will be next season. Our game previews all year long will matter and they'll be a lot closer Games will be in contention and the Bears will have something to be playing for in this final week uh, in terms of like playing to win and not playing to hopefully lose. Yeah, well, it, it makes these previews that much more valuable, too, when the Bears are in contention and they're, you know, like they're still in it. There's still something that they're playing for, not like the number one overall pick, but to potentially make the playoffs. So. Uh, we, I think, you know, given the season that the Bears have had, and it's still been an entertaining one, let's be completely mm-hmm. honest, with what Justin Fields has brought to his team and, you know, just just the, the highlights that he's shown us. But, yes, next year, if I, I'm going to second that, that resolution that you have there. Let's have these game previews, these games mean something so that when we're doing these previews and hopefully late December, January, that they are going to be, uh, you know, that much more valuable. Should we tell Devin the good news? Because he says he's going to miss the Chicago Audible, a.k.a. I think like our Thursday show, because uh, the season is ending. I think there's some good news that we can share to him real quick. So after the season's over this week, Nick and I will still get to do a CHGO Audible day, uh, but it's going to move from Thursday to Friday afternoon. So you're still going to have us. Uh, we'll try to bring on, you know, perhaps Mason from time to time to kind of, you know, bring him back. I know with the Thursday schedule for him at work hasn't been great, but bring him on as a guest and kind of bring some of those old vibes. See, Devin's excited. I knew he'd like the good news. Uh, and I was excited when they brought it up to us to kind of, you know, kind of keep this tradition rolling. And I'm excited to kind of see where we take these weekly shows, Nick, because we don't have games to talk about. So we get to do some off-season content, which is going to be a lot of fun. But I'm going to call this an episode. Great job as always, Nick. I appreciate all your hard work all year long in these preview episodes. If you put in the same amount of work as I have, uh, I'm certain it's you know long nights, early mornings, getting ready for these shows because we love to bring the info, bring the content. And I hope everyone watching has enjoyed all year long everything we've been able to bring to the table for these game previews. If you haven't yet, hit that like button. I really would appreciate this final game preview for the Tankathon to have a bunch of thumbs up uh, when it's all said and done. But I think I'm hopping on the post-game show Sunday from Indianapolis one way or the other. Nick, you'll be joining remotely from Soldier, and uh, we'll try to reconvene in the middle, uh, especially if it all pans out like we're all hoping for. But until then, have a great weekend, and of course, bear down, Chicago.